Hello, everyone, and welcome to That's a Dumb Rule Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Greg. Greg, today we're doing a discussion podcast, and I think it's a good time to do this conversation. It's about basketball's most unbreakable records. Mm -hmm. We've been seeing a wide variety of players that are scoring around 40 to 71 points. We just saw Donovan Mitchell do this. Right. So it feels like a really nice time just to revisit some of the NBA and basketball's most historic moments and whether or not can these be broken. Yeah, that sounds great. And I have five uh, records in front of me here we're going to go through and just discuss, do we think it'll ever be broken? We know that there's some records that that people will say this will never, (laughs) ever be broken. It's impossible to break it, maybe, um, based on rule changes and whatnot. Um, But let's just kind of go through the list here. I'll, I'll... rattle them off to you and you tell me what you think so yeah. i'll start with the first one so will chamberlain um he actually averaged 48 and a half minutes a game <laughs> now keep in mind a regular basketball game is 48 minutes so how can you <laughs> how can you average more than the maximum time but he yeah. did because obviously games went to overtime and things like that and he pretty much played every minute of every game wow. he, he never came out i didn't know that that's yes. incredible I, I will say i don't think that will ever be broken just right off the bat because okay. There are these records that Wilt Chamberlain holds right. that don't feel like they're the same game of basketball. Do you do you I feel agree. that way? Yes, yes. It, it, the lane was smaller. He was seven foot one, seven foot two. When the average height of a center was maybe six seven, six eight. Mm-hmm. Like Willis Reed was a phenomenal center in the seventies, um, but wasn't that tall? Wasn't really that tall. Probably right. would be considered a small to power forward now. Yep. Um, so this is a w- really interesting one because of minutes. But, yeah, I don't think this one will ever be broken. Yeah. And the funny thing about that is he actually missed eight minutes during a game when he got a, when he got ejected. Whoa. And he was, he's okay. such a competitor, and he they call him a stat chaser, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so he basically, the games following that ejection, he, like, said, I am not coming out of the game no. for any reason. And he didn't. And that's why he averages 48 and a half minutes a game. It's crazy. Yeah. I. This is one of those things that... I think a lot of basketball fans are also split on, is Wilt a good record holder for the game, or is he a bad record holder? Right. To be somebody that chases stats like the scoring title, and then he also wanted to hold the assist title where he was forcing passes and he wasn't doing proper basketball for a while, right? Right. And so there's stuff like this that makes Wilt Chamberlain a really important but also really tough character to judge in the history of the game. Is he Mm. a great center? Is he a great player? Is he somebody that we should admire? Is he somebody that we should kind of just say, you know, he's important. You need to talk about him, mm-hmm. but he probably doesn't hold the the qualities that he did 30 years ago. Right. I, I would agree with that. I think he was so much better than everyone else. And I mean, no fault to him, right? He was a great player, yeah. Yeah. but he almost sort of took advantage of things. And you yeah, know, he like, made it his own. He made it his own thing. Yeah. And then there's a great book um, by Bill Simmons called The Book of Basketball, where he talks about Wilt versus basically the whole Celtics team, including (laughs) Bill Russell. Right. And is Bill Russell the better player, or is Wilt? And there's a lot of arguments to be made that Wilt never made a team better. He was only chasing stats. Okay. Which I think is another podcast entirely. We won't go down there. Sure. But it it definitely... I just really think Wilt is one of the most fascinating characters. Mm-hmm. And it's you're going to hear his name probably a couple times on this list. Probably. Um, so setting that yeah. kind of placemat for that conversation maybe later, he is just a really fascinating character to be a record holder mm-hmm. in the NBA. And it's fun to be able to bring him up again. And I think he's, he's kind of um, one of those players that sort of, 
he was the bridge between sort of the older gener not older yeah. gener but certain era of basketball yeah. into the seventies, right? Yeah. He passed it off. He passed it and off. And like yeah. Russell was the most winning. Like he's the guy. Mm-hmm. But Wilt stylistically was who everyone wanted to be. Right. Like when you think of like Dr. J, like he was the first one where guys would watch and be like, God, I wish I could do that. Yeah. I wish I could do what Wilt can do. Right. And then I guess before that it's Mike and or Bob Pettit, right? Could be, yeah. It's probably one of those right. two. Um, Bob Pettit definitely was in there uh, because of how many points he could score and the rebounding was ridiculous. Right. But Wilt just was like, he could do all the things that you'd want out of a center and he was bigger. Like right. he, he And he had that kind of Paul Bunyan-esque of like, he was a bellhop at a hotel. So this is a true story. Oh, he was a bellhop at a hotel okay. um, in Kansas, I believe. And it was a split entry hotel. So half of it's underground and half of it's above. Right. And he used to pass suitcases through the window to people like there's this mythology to him right yeah like he fits within this category of a bo jackson Mm -hmm. where you hear these stories but no one can really tell you if they're true or not (laughs) and that's what makes him such a a good and bad record holder you're like how many minutes did he play well that's will chamberlain right right of course he did this he's will chamberlain (laughs) you know he played 100 minutes in a 60 minute game like of course he would um so it's always so much fun to talk about yeah and the thing some of the some of the centers that sort of came into the league in the 70s yeah kareem um uh, robert Parrish. i mean i'm sure they looked at him and say okay that's who that i'm modeling my game after wilt right yeah probably to keep a job you got to defend him and then you also got to be able to outplay him on the other side because russell (laughs) set the temperament of how to do it where he could out muscle he could out rebound and out work chamberlain and there's a bunch of games that we could go to at some point i'll pull them up but they're hard to they're hard to watch they're so grainy (laughs) so was kareem playing when wilt was or were they i don't know overlap that's a good question. I don't remember the overlap. I do think they I do think they would have bumped into each other because okay. Kareem started playing in the 70s. Right. I believe 72. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I should pull a basketball reference here when I get a moment, but I'll, I'll do that later. Yeah. But he was on the Bucks for a long time. Yeah. And there was an opportunity. So talk, talk about sliding doors glass moment. Mm-hmm. There was an opportunity the Knicks were going to get him instead of the Lakers. And the Lakers, I think, lost Wilt a couple years prior. Right. So they had the space to take on Kareem uh-huh. Abdul-Jabbar. But because of a trade offer made by Boston, um, the general manager of the Bucks at the time didn't want to send him to Boston. Hated Boston. Okay. And because Boston wasn't going to get him, New York didn't feel like they could get him. Well, Kareem's from New York. <laughs> and wow. if they paid off, I think it was like the Nets for a certain amount of money. Yeah. Um, they could have gotten Kareem. So I'm going to butcher this story. People are going to correct this. But the Knicks had an opportunity to get Kareem. And long story short, I think Wilt left right before, and that cleared the way. That cleared the way for Kareem to go to to L.A. Yeah. Okay. So there was like this this star draw to L.A. because of Wilt in a lot of ways. Um, And then I believe, was it Buffalo? I shouldn't be going back. I got to do some research because... There's yeah. another story with the Clippers in there that's okay. really interesting of like how they came to L.A. because right. there was such a star polarity there okay. that they thought they could pop up shop and then they go to San Diego instead. Yeah. It's a whole right. other thing. But yeah, Will was like the one of the original superstars. Okay. And the mythology of him really carries and the league definitely looks different because of him. Oh, for sure. And just to put his numbers into context, yeah. the, in the 2010-11 season, 
another player, Monta Ellis, aver- oh, yeah. averaged 40.3 minutes per game. So <laughs> that kind of gives you a sense of that. All right, on to the next one. Yeah. Will this record, I should say, ever be broken? 20 free throws missed without a make. Oh, <laughs> Who's the poor guy? So give Ruse St. Oh. Louis Bombers during a playoff game against the Philadelphia Warriors in 1948. He missed 20 free throws in a row. Now, oh my I'm gosh. not I'm terrible at basketball and I'm even worse <laughs> at free throws, but I could probably make a couple in there if I shot 20. <laughs> <laughs> so, now keep in mind we got Shaq in there too, right? Shaq is in there. <clears throat> Um, I don't think he's missed 20 in a row, and I don't think anyone wow. has. That's why this record is in place. But um, what do you think? Do you think it, it could be something that somebody would be that bad where they don't make a free throw? You know, I'm looking at – I just am curious about his basketball reference page because I do recognize this name. The St. Louis Bombers, mm-hmm. not an NBA team right now. It, it used right. to be within the league, but since the modern NBA took over, ABA kind of stepped in. Um, the Bombers would have became the St. Louis Spirits. Okay. And then the Spirits never got their way into the NBA. However, they're still being paid by the NBA because they got in on a couple million dollar guaranteed per year deal based on TV rights because uh-huh. they were one of the teams in the ABA that didn't get brought up. So technically, the St. Louis Spirits oh. are still getting paid by the NBA right now. Really? And they just went to court because they feel like they should be getting paid more based on the contract wow. deals right now and what they're getting paid. So... Okay. Weird side story here. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Giff has played 151 games. He scored 4.1 points on average. He was a 28% field goal shooting from the field. From the field, 28%. So, not a great Which isn't situ- good. No. <laughs> it's, it's, it's this is one bad. of the only times that I've ever seen, because he traditionally paid, played power forward center. He was 6'5", 195. So just get that in your mind of okay. what kind of size right. difference then. He shot 51.1% from the free throw line. He shot even lower from the field, wow. 28%. And so let me go to a couple of these years. So his first year looks like his best year, and he shoots just under 30% from the field, averaging one free throw a game. Free throw percentage is wow. 43%. Okay. So that's less that's half. less than Shaq. Okay. That's that's pretty <laughs> That's pretty bad. That doesn't get you in the league nowadays. Okay. Um free throw percentage goes up one year to eighty eight percent, but it looks like he only played nineteen games that year. So this is okay. a guy that yeah, definitely not a great record to hold, but at the same time, he's playing in the forties before right. the real invention of the free throw. Sure. Um or the, the I shouldn't say the free throw. The actual shooting form hasn't been invented yet. It's all made up on the spot. Mm. So the best way is traditionally the granny shot, which we think of. Some people are doing that. Other people are just kind of flinging it Uh one-handed. So I would say GIF, if we could find some tape, maybe there is some out there. I bet his jump shot looks ridiculous. I bet it's something you and I probably wouldn't even recognize. Probably. And this is a really interesting one because it's a mark of history where in 1948, he's playing for the Philadelphia Warriors. Hmm. And basketball is still kind of coming into a professional sense. Right. Um, most of these guys, are they have jobs. They've got factory jobs. Mm-hmm. Like I think of the Denver Nuggets used to be the Denver Truckers. Okay. And that's exactly what they were. They worked at a trucking oh, factory. Really? Yeah. Oh, funny. The Detroit Pistons were with Ford. With they Ford. were people that worked at Ford. So there's Ooh. stuff like that where okay. they became men's clubs. Okay. And then they became professional leagues. 
and I bet this guy could have been a firefighter. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of other things sure. this guy's probably doing. Sure. Um, but unfortunately, he's remembered for missing so many free throws, <laughs> and his basketball reference page is not kind. <laughs> uh, no. But at the same, to his credit, though, he's he probably was not on the team to shoot. He was no, probably there for no. defense, yeah. blocking shots, whatever. He right? averaged. For three years straight, he only averaged two points a game. Okay. So, so he, yeah, he was not a focal point of scoring. Right. And then they did not keep track of rebounds then. Oh, okay. Which so is maybe an that interesting was, piece. So that that's, his role. Yeah. that's tough to know where he is. <laughs> sure. Okay. But that's a great one. So I'm what do you really think? Interested. Think that'll ever be broken? Or It's think... been close. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. I think, I, I don't think 20 free throws in a row <laughs> will ever be broken okay i think we could definitely see something close though okay um most likely in the college game though okay because i do remember there was from about 2010 to 2014 minnesota got brought in on this there was this big push to get more african basketball in the united states mm-hmm. um and it worked we got joel Embiid, um who's a superstar out of mm-hmm. senegal we got pascal siakam we got these really awesome players but you also had to start by bringing guys in and developing them. Right. And one of the key things is, like, one player that I really loved was uh, Nagol Kanate, who played for Minnesota. He was a center. And he shot, I think, like, 55% from the free throw line. Like, it just wasn't there mechanically. Right. Yeah. But everything else, you could see it coming together. Right. And he needed a lot of development. And I think he missed like seven or eight in a row before okay. they pulled him. Okay. And if we ever got into a mold like that, I, I'm just saying because I've seen something like it, maybe. But I think the way the game is played now, there's too much focus on shooting for players right. for it to happen to this extent. But I think we could see something close of it's a shooter's league, yeah. and then you need a big guy to you rebound at some guy. point. Yeah. And then they just focus in on him mm. until you have to pull him out of a game. Sure. And maybe he misses 10. Right. Like right. I could see that happening. Okay. Okay. Um, but I don't think this will ever be broken because of how much we rely on shooting in the modern game. Fair enough. Fair enough. Sorry, okay. that rant over. <laughs> All right. Here's the next one. This is oh, a good one. I love this one. Okay. 30, this is great. 30 assists in one game. Believe it or not, Scott Skiles. Yeah. For the Magic in 1990. 30 assists. That's ridiculous. Um, I mean, and there is and a just story so people here. know, if you get over 10 assists. Oh, that's, that's a great night. That's a, yeah. I mean, that's a great <laughs> It's That's, ridiculous. Yeah. I will say this. There is a great documentary <clears throat> called uh, This Magic Moment. And it's, I will say, I'm kind of 50-50 on it right now. Okay. Because it's produced by Shaq and Penny Hardaway, okay. who were a part of the Magic team and a part of this, of this moment yeah. when Scott Skiles was playing for the Magic. Scott Skiles actually got cut and became the coach. Oh, so really? So he was brought in as a mind, not so much as a point guard. Oh. Um, this year, however... He did play a lot. He was one of their better point guards, okay. and they fed him. They allowed him to kind of get this record up because the Magic weren't great. Like yeah. they were, they were a middling team. They didn't really know what the direction of their franchise was. They knew they had Shaq, yeah, but they didn't get Penny yet. At okay. least that's what my memory is. Um, or no, this is '90, so this is even before Shaq. So this is a moment where we're the Magic. We're a startup franchise. We have Scott Skiles. I mean, this is our moment. This is all we got this year. Um, and eventually that leads to Shaq, and then it leads to Chris Webber, who is then traded right. for Penny Hardaway. Um, and he becomes the coach, Scott Skiles, who famously fought Shaq um, in really? practice. Yeah, because he like didn't fought, think... fought, fought? Like... Fought him, or walked, tried to fight Shaq. <laughs> okay. Tried the best he can. Yeah. Um, but I think it was in Los Angeles, <clears throat> and Shaq went out 
and he was he was having a good old time in Los Angeles, living it up. Mm-hmm. And he came in, and he was just not ready to practice. Right. And Scott really is a coach. He's okay. not a player. He's right. really a coach. He's just practicing. And he walks up to him, and he gives him, what for? And he's talking to him, and Shaq's not having it. And they end up getting into it on the floor, and they wow. get separated. Really? And Scott wasn't scared of Shaq. And it's wow. one of those classic small, gritty, little white yeah. guys. Yeah. And he had this record behind him as a great point guard. And he really never saw a ton of success as a guard. He did have decent success as a coach, but not for long. Okay. Um, he was a mind that was brought into the Magic. So this is a really cool moment because it defines the Orlando Magic before they make this incredible run and they go to the finals. Right. And it becomes that Magic moment, right? Mm-hmm. And we never really see it again. It breaks up. Penny gets hurt. Shaq goes to Los Angeles. And this great team that was all of a sudden there and was built out of these little moments like Scott. Yeah. So will this ever be broken? Do you no. Think? No. I don't think really? so. Okay. Because people have gotten so close. Yeah. Um yeah. I, I think I, I well let, let me let me look. Because okay. Rajan Rondo is definitely in there um for assists. And, most assists in the And NBA. well just for my benefit, um would the would the uh point guard be the one I mean yeah, that's who's giving assists, right? They're the one who bring the ball up the court. They're the one. They're the one who dishes out to the different shooters, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so if anyone's going to get this record, it'll be a it'll be a point guard. So the one thing you're right, it it should be a point guard. It <clears throat> makes the most sense. So I <clears throat> am wrong, um, because Scott Skiles goes for thirty. Kevin Porter got mm. twenty nine in nineteen eighty seven with the New Jersey Nets. Oh, okay. The next one though is is immediately where my mind went is Bob Cousy got twenty eight okay. in nineteen fifty nine. Right. So my question is, do most of these guys <clears throat> hold records from a long time ago? <clears throat> and as I look at the list, I'm actually kind of surprised. Is it okay if I just read yeah, a few do you? Definitely. So Guy Rogers is fourth with twenty eight, nineteen sixty three, San Francisco Warriors. John Stockton, twenty eight in ninety one um jeff houston in 82 with uh the cavaliers stockton two is seven and eight he's had 27 26 um kevin porter is on here twice with 10 and 11 both with 25 isaiah thomas had 25 so rajan rondo had 25 so there is a world magic's on here 20 um he had 24 in a game there are players that can get there, but it's all the same names. So I guess it's all the same names, and it's also guys that played 20, 30 years ago, right? Yeah. I mean, and past first point guards. And right. we don't have that much right. anymore. You don't really have that anymore in the game. So. so I guess the real question is are we ever going to see offenses geared towards past first point guards right. again? If we do, there's a chance. But right now, that's not how you play it. Right. You, you spread four shooters, maybe five shooters. Wow. And then you play team basketball, Spurs basketball, where you move it as quickly as you can, where you don't necessarily, you need a point guard, but moving the ball doesn't go through one or two players anymore. It goes through all five. It's the responsibility of everybody now. Okay. Um, so I think we might see, like here and there, we get a 20 assist game. Shea Gildress Alexander did it a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's far more rare that we're going to see that. I think 15 assist games are kind of like the standard right okay. now of big moments. Big game. Um, if you get to 20, that's a hell of a night. <laughs> okay. But if we saw another 30, I mean, that could break sports wow. fans' minds. Like, that's something <laughs> completely different. Right. And I feel kind of guilty saying that because it feels like 30 rebounds in a game 
could happen. Yeah. Like, that's something yeah. very possible. Sure. Because, I mean, a couple of years ago, we're seeing Clint Capella pull down 22 mm-hmm. over a week. Yeah. Like, on average. Um, so to see assists not rise that high is is kind of startling. But it's just not the way the game's played right now. Right, right. All right, moving on. Seven, I'm sorry, seven <laughs> personal fouls in a game. Now, Ooh. let's be clear here that six fouls is what you yeah. will have if you foul out. So the player Cal Bowdler <laughs> in 1999 for the Atlanta Hawks, he had seven personal fouls in a game. Um, and I can't see that ever being broken. No. Um, yeah, this one's so weird. And it comes in 99, which is a weird year because that's a lockout year. It's a lockout year. And what's funny is the reason the reason he had seven is because the official scorekeeper miscounted. Oh. So, <laughs> so he actually should have been out at six fouls, wow. but they gave him seven. So this one obviously will never be broken. As I'm, not as going to, I'm not even going to try. You deserve yeah. it, Cal. You deserve it. There you go. That's so. incredible, though. Yeah. That really defines the year 1999. 99 was a train wreck. It was so bad. I I really wish I was uh, I was very very little at that time, but I wish I would have been able to see that because that's Tim Duncan's first year in the league. That's a big 99. year. Yeah. Spurs win it that year, yeah. and it is a disaster of a year. Wow. And I, I mean, there's so many storylines that come out of 99 that end up becoming big moments later, like Allen Iverson mm-hmm. comes out of 99. Yes. Um, he's in the league, but that's one of the most interesting years for him. Paul Pierce is in the league. Dirk that, Nowitzki's in the league. Was that a big draft year in 99? Or no. Really? Um, okay. Well, Tim Duncan was yeah, in that league right, year. Right. I, I can revisit it. I would say, though, that that year should have been a big development year because Ray Allen's in the league, Paul Pierce is in the league, um, Dirk Nowitzki's in the league, Steve Nash is in the league, Kobe's in the league, Shaq is still doing really well. He's about to go on the three-peat. Like, the league was loaded. Right. He had really great talent. Um, Alonzo Mourning, I think, was still doing great work down at the Heat. The Heat was becoming a better franchise, just period. Sure. Um, Golden State had kind of found this resurgence. Chris Webber had been traded. The Sacramento Kings were about to happen. Right. Like, the talent was there. And then 99 happens, and it's like the worst display of the product you could have had. Hmm. And then the Bulls fall apart, this championship-level team. Yeah doesn't defend their title right because of a dispute that the gm doesn't like the coach right and all of a sudden it's gone and then there was also this looming idea that mj might come back and play for the knicks and it's just gone oh, okay. so there was all of these storylines that if things just play a little bit differently um 99 is one of the most impressive nba years maybe ever wow okay but it just never happens at least that's my take on it people sure. will say different things but it is a greed year um, where no mm. one can agree on money and contracts, okay. and it becomes a lockout when there was just incredible talent yeah. that year. All right. The last one here is 118 50-point wow. games. Oh Again, Wilt Chamberlain, no surprise there. Um, <laughs> between the years of 1959 and 69, he had 118 games where he scored 50 points or more. I honestly can't see this ever happening. I mean, for a guy to put up 50 points is, I mean, that's rare. That's a lot. That's a lot yeah, to do it 118 times. I mean, that's, you would, yeah, I, I, I just honestly can't see that happening with today's yeah. game. And you have, arguably, you have four or even five scorers on the court at any yeah. given time. I mean, I, I think you're absolutely right. And let me throw a number at you. Okay. If, 
he scored 118 50-point games. So that's all time for him, Mm -hmm. right? What do you think is the most he's ever scored in a single season? Of 50-point games? Yeah. Mm, 10. It's a really good guess if it wasn't Will Chamberlain. (laughs) 45. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So in 19... In 1961 to 1962, Chamberlain set the record for most 50-point games in a season at 45. The second most in a season, also scored by Chamberlain, was the next year. He scored 30. After that, third place, and this is why I say it's a really good guess, was Kobe Bryant at 10 in 06-07. Oh scored 10 50-point games. After that, 18-19, to 19, Harden scored 9. Chamberlain in 64 scored 9. Um, Chamberlain again in 63 scored nine. Jordan had eight in 86, 87. Chamberlain again, um, with eight Lillard in 2019 to 20. I don't remember this actually okay. had six. Brian in 05, 06 had six. Barry, um, Rick Barry, Rick Barry yeah. had six in 66, 67. And then Harden had five in 1920. And then it's Jordan, Abdul Jabbar, Chamberlain, Baylor, Baylor again, Chamberlain all had five. Harden had four. Westbrook had four his MVP year. Wow. Jordan had the last two. So that's okay. the top 15. Um, wow. Unbelievable. Yeah, I would, it's, I would it's say. It's a stat dominated by Chamberlain. <laughs> it really is. I mean, there's no way. If, if Jordan couldn't get there, if Kobe can't get there, no one's going to get there, right? Yeah, I mean, that. Well, and yeah. again, it's so hard to score 50 points, and it was oh. a different time. Different time, just different a different game. time to play. Yeah. So. But unbelievable. All That's right. a remarkable stat. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Awesome. Well, yeah. out of all of these, what is the stat you'd like to see broken? If you could buy a ticket to a game and okay. you know one of these is going to be broken, what's the ticket you buy? Well, I think probably... Um... If you say fouls, I'm going to come across the table. <laughs> Seven fouls. <laughs> no. Um, you know, I would say probably the assists. Really? I think it would be really cool to see a guy get more than 30 assists. I... Mean, I actually am leaning your way. I I do think that would be amazing if one day we woke up and all of a sudden, I'm trying to think of like a good passing point guard right now, but let's say Jokic, let's say the center um, out of Denver, all of a sudden he's got 30 assists and you're like, out of a center? I know. I wish I could see that. That's remarkable. And God help the guy that misses 20 free throws in the largest (laughs) breakdown in the history of NBA. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Wow. Well, awesome. Thank you for compiling this list. Um, But with that, do you have any closing thoughts before we head out? No, I think that's it. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to get in contact with the show or listen to past podcasts, visit our website at that'sadumrule.com. Otherwise, tune in next time for another Dumb Rule.